everybody we back again one more again one more again uh i'm spencer and of course we have our licensed clinical therapist nas d r dot nas dr nas thank you rvd yes appreciate that all of mm -hmm. our wrestling fans will love that all two of them so and one <laughs> of them salim so yeah he's like i know what that is Yep, I know. I've seen. Uh, and of course, this is the Different Spectrums podcast, where we talk about movies, shows, and all the mental health aspects that surround them. Uh, we also love to have some laughs, so don't take us too seriously. Or do. It's up to you. There you go. Also, don't forget to run up those likes for us. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, before we get into it, go check out Bub's Naturals and Cure Hydration. Both great health and wellness products that you can check out um, and get 20% off your entire order if you use the code DSP20 as you check out. So why not check it out? Why not, check see, it out? Why not get the variety pack and, you know, of the hydration packs? Be like, oh, I like this flavor. I might order more of those. What was you that code again? What was the code again? DSP20. There you go. 20% off your entire order, folks. It's great. Um but yeah, now we also have merch. I'm also wearing it. You can get your merch from our link tree uh, that connects to our our, uh, our shop page. So you can go on there and grab some merch. We have a lot of stickers. We have a lot of different clothing. We just put up more tees. Um, so, you know, to fit the summer weather. Let's not... Yeah, I was trying not to add any more hoodies. Yeah. It's a little Makes sense. hot. Yeah, a little hot. Um, so go check those out, folks. We have a lot of different designs. Um, a lot of neuro neuro line. Yeah, that's what we call it. We neuro neuro, neuro firming. Yeah, neuro beauty. We got wavy shit. It's all good. We got it. Yes. So, with that, today we are talking about F is for family. The Netflix show uh, created by Bill Burr, surrounded by it's mainly about his life, which interesting. Which if you've seen this stand up, you would understand his early stuff. He was very angry in his stand up. Um, but yeah, some topics we're going to cover today anger, obviously, emotional, and some verbal abuse in there. Um, coming from Frank Murphy, aka Bill Burr's dad. Um, and then also generational trauma yep yes um yeah so that's what we're mainly going to be talking about today we'll have some other topics in there but those are some good ones nazir anything before we get into the clips yeah we're gonna try and do this justice uh i want to give folks uh we'll do it when we come back into the other intro but trigger warning for some of this because like it is very spicy uh so if you do have like some verbal abuse issues and stuff like that uh, just turn it down. Turn the volume down. You don't have to turn it off, but turn it down a little bit because you're going to be yelling pretty loud. So turn your mics, uh, microphone, head, headphones down and check it out. Um, remember, we've got a bunch of guests coming up June, July, uh, and August. So keep your heads uh, on a swivel for that. Our ears perked up. Yes. Um, so yeah, let's check it out. Let's get into it. Let's, let's do a deep dive. 
or as ChatGPT keeps telling me to use, delve. Let's delve uh, into the topic. Right. Yes. That's a doctor verbiage right there. Let's be diving. All right. Whoop de whoop whoop whoop. Whoop whoop. Hey everyone, before we get into the show, please check out our collaborator, Bubs Naturals. They sell a variety of health and wellness products, including collagen peptides, MCT oil powder, coffee, apple cider vinegar gummies, and other amazing products. Go to bubsnaturals.com and use our code DSP20 to get 20% off your entire order. I just ordered their apple cider and vinegar gummies, and I'm excited to try them. If you are looking for a high-quality, all-natural health and wellness product, Bubs Naturals is a great option. The company offers a wide variety of items that are designed to improve overall health and well-being. So go check them out, and remember to use our code DSP20 when you check out. And with that, let's get into the show. Um, I find if, if I am going towards something like this... Towards hate... Uh, or just a darker emotion, I always know it's something going on with me. I either, I'm not saying what I'm feeling, I either agreed to something I don't want to do, or I'm scared. Huh. How did you expel hate from your, from your core? Like it all, like how did you just know how to turn it off or get it out? I took some mushrooms, figured out who I was, or at least what I was sitting on, and then I sort of got sober and confronted it. And then, uh, you know, I talked to people about some things and other that I couldn't talk to people about. I just sort of put it to bed. I think having kids and being a, a husband and shit, and it's just like, why should these people pay for my childhood? Interesting. It's not their, it's not their fault. So uh, my job is to, uh, yeah, it ends with me. Jesus Christ. I'm not answering that. Frank, you should answer it. What if somebody got hurt? Nobody ever gets hurt at supper, Susan, okay? It's always some goddamn salesman, and I'm not answering it. Dad, we all know you're going to answer it. You don't know a goddamn thing about me. What if it's important? I sweated blood at that airport for 12 hours today, and what's important to me is I have just one moment of peace with my family enjoying a delicious home-cooked meal. Is that too much to ask? I'm not answering it. residence oh let me tell you something you goddamn son of a bitch i don't need a goddamn engraved family bible you see you see what i say every goddamn time i am eating dinner with my family young man i don't need a 25 dollars bible to teach me about god i almost bled out in korea all right i have met god what did you just say to me Oh, uh, you come down here and you say that to me like a man. I swear to God, I'll pull your tongue out through your goddamn neck. Why do they have to put the goddamn things on the wall? Frank, calm down. Yeah, Frank, calm down. Calm down. It's always Frank, calm down. Why is it always me, Susan? How about a little support, huh? Would that kill you? <sighs> so, how was school? Punk, call me at supper, huh? huh? Won't even come to my door like a man. I miss you, Murphy. 
Billy come out and play? Get the fuck out of here! I got an idea. If you don't like this, go to your room and watch whatever you want on your TV. Oh, that's right. You don't have one because it's my fucking house. Ha <laughs> ha! That's real funny, Dad. You know what else is funny? Aside from your haircut, what? This. Billy, I'm stuck. No. This. What the hell is this? Kevin, he's flunking out, and you knew about this? I wanted your food to settle. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You got one job. Pay attention and pass your classes. That's two jobs. No son of mine is going to flunk out. I don't care. I hate school. Well, I hate my life, but I keep on doing it. I got a mortgage, I got dependents, and I got to go downtown every damn day to run that airport. Please, you're just a baggage handler. What the fuck did you just call me? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Frank, go hit your boxing bag. Kevin, room. Ah, shit. Who the fuck puts a car in a garage? I'm sorry. I thought you were going to be happy tonight. Never assume that. Yeah, Dad? How would you like to go to a football game in the city with your old man? Wow. Yeah. I thought you were taking Kevin. Yeah, he's not going now. When did he decide that? Just now, when I told him. This shit took me all morning! You promised you were gonna take me! Well, you lied to me! You gave me your word saying you were working on those history assignments and all of a sudden I get a call from your teacher saying you haven't done a single one! It's history! It's not going anywhere! When I get home tonight, I want to see half of those assignments completed or as God is my witness, I will put you through that fucking wall! We're outside, genius! There is no wall! Then I will build one and I will fucking put you through it! Would you please stop screaming in front of the entire neighborhood? Don't worry. I didn't hear anything. I heard, but I didn't understand it. Sorry, Susan, but your son is no good. You're not man enough to live up to your agreement, so Bill gets to go to the game. That's final. He's a man. He finished all his homework. I didn't have any. Shut up and get in the car. And you get in the house! <laughs> I raised in the best I knew for the times. Was I perfect? No. But I... Oh, Christ. I really fucked him up. I just could never admit it. Not even to myself. You did what you could. Like all of us. I truly thought a nurse's job was to pass judgment on the sick. All this time, there's been something missing in my life. I have nothing with real meaning. I... And I never knew it. Don't blame yourself. Men weren't designed to have depth. Yeah, God is a fucker. I'm looking for my wife. Right in here, pal. I Jesus Christ, get me out of here! Back, back, all of you! So, where are you? Yeah, good to see you, Frank. I see the two-headed baby told you about my back surgery after Goliath the elephant tossed me through that storefront. That elephant is stronger than he looks, Frank. That's because he's an African elephant, not Indian. But you didn't know that, Frank, did you? Will you, you stop saying my fucking name? I, I gotta go! Oh, ah! Dad! I want to see your face when I have a boner! If I have a grandkid that's nine months younger than my next kid, I guarantee you, I will kill you. Nice to see you again, Alice. Ah, oh, shit, I think that plane crashed. This is hell, isn't it? Son, I'm... I'm so sorry for... Dad, it's okay. <laughs> oh, 
you understand. I have so much to say to you. I, I was ready to bust you open with a tire iron today. I, I, I'd worked it all out in my head the way I was going to tell the police. I... Dad, Mom's down the hall. Pop, I gotta go. But we can do this later. I'll see you in a bit. And I'll see you in hell. I'm coming, Sue. How could a nice gentleman like you raise such an asshole? Beatrice, we need you in delivery room two. There's a woman going into labor and she's demanding twilight sleep. Everyone, we back again. We're back. And we're live. We're live. It's like the asteroid coming to kill us in 2050. Not morbid at all. Not morbid at all. And you no point in this podcast, man. It's just 2050 yep. is all right anyway. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> we'll get popular by this time. Well, that's yeah. when the meteor hits. Well, okay. Yeah. Elon Musk will be on it probably. Hello. <laughs> it's probably, that's, that's where Harambe went. I'm a, oh. I know. <laughs> Anyways, so we took a look at a few things from Bill Burr. First yeah. being uh, Instagram uh, post that he had where he was on a podcast um, talking about how, uh, you know, he really had to change up how he was, uh, uh, how he was feeling um, so that his family wouldn't have to feel um, that, that type of burden um, that he felt maybe his father felt in the past. And so um, we were actually uh, talking about doing this show F is for family. And uh, yeah, that, that reel just popped up on my, on my feed, the, Instagram's listening in on us apparently. One hundred percent. Yeah, and um, and then that just popped up, so it worked out perfectly, and we wanted to show that to really showcase how uh, Bill Burr has really grown um, and really trying to change himself um, for the better of his family. So, yep, I think that was a perfect clip for this. Um, so, F is for family. Yeah, C created by Bill Burr, all about his family or at least as close as possible um yeah so uh bill burr has talked about his dad in the past and his stand-up and things like that um specifically there was one time where his dad bought him a like a doll and um he pretty much was trying to uh, emasculate him as a kid and being like, Hey, there you are, Susie or whatever. He called him a girl's name. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, and that kind of fucked it with him for a long time. Um, but now he's kind of showcasing that in the, in the clips that we saw. So, uh, the first clip that we saw was, uh, really Frank blowing up. Right. And that's for most of these clips, right? It's um, Frank Murphy, um, Bill's dad, um, blowing up in different in different instances, whether it's at um, his family or if it's at somebody else. Um, that's just kind of how he copes with things is really yelling and screaming at people. Uh, yeah. So uh, what did you think about these clips, Nas, as we were watching them? Because I know you are not a big fan of yelling. Yeah, so this uh, this one, along with the bear show, yep. it's a lot. Um, now, the, watching these clips now, it was funny because we're just watching yeah. a quick clip. But like when you're binging it and you're just hearing that, man, 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 it's like, Jesus Christ, man. Right. Uh, 
it's intense. It is intense. Uh, so right uh, afterwards, it's too late now because you already didn't watch the scene. But the trigger warning was before it. Turn your turn your volume down. Um, you can turn it back up now. You can turn back up now. Uh, I feel like this is a common thing that happens in a lot of families, specifically in the older generations. Uh, what you talk about in the show, like uh, calling him Susan or something like that, I also feel like people will be like, oh, you're Nancy, stuff yeah. like that. So his dad, which is technically the main character portrayed in this show, right, is the patriarch, is Frank. Um, yeah. He does a lot of uh, emasculating of people and tearing down his family, his children, his wife. Um, he's just an angry old man. Um, there's yeah. the one scene that we saw that he's like, fucking hate my life. I got to go to work yeah. and to do this shit and this and that. And you can tell that he hates himself and he hates his life. Um, I don't know if you noticed Spence, but as the show, of course you had to, as the show goes on, he starts to get a little softer. Yeah. Like, and then the life just gets really depressing. And then it, for him, it could have went real bad. He could have been like extremely suicidal at the end there. I'm not sure if he ever was, but I'm surprised that he wasn't. Right. Um, yeah, I think one of the things too, um, to go along with why he said he like he really hated his life and stuff, he wanted to become like a pilot. And especially back then, pilots were like the shit. Yeah. Right. Top of like line. everybody looked up to pilots. It was like doctors, pilots, right? And so, um and then I think they got pregnant with I think they Kevin, got pregnant. their oldest. Yep. yep. And then so he couldn't he couldn't be a pilot anymore to, and he had to take care of his family, which, you know, we've seen that in a lot of cases here where it's like, you had to give up your dreams. Yep. Um, Jim Carrey's dad was a big Testament to that. Um, his dad wanted, it was a jazz musician in Canada. Um, sure. and then, so they moved to America and then he had to provide for his family. And then he kind of lost that, um, that his dream. And so he couldn't be a jazz musician anymore. So, I mean, it's extremely common. You see it with a lot of people in college and they want to go get their yeah. degrees. Mm -hmm. You see it with a lot of women having to be single moms and they got to stop doing what they're doing to take care of the kid. And sometimes you see the dads aren't ready. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just struggles. So you, you see a lot of shows where like, you stole everything from me, you fucking kid. My youth, my career. It's interesting. You You can see some dynamics where parents get angry at the kids because they believe the kid ruined their life, even mm -hmm. though it's, you're the one that had them and got pregnant. Right. Uh, it's a very interesting dynamic, but sometimes people can take it out on the kids, which is extremely fucked up because they're innocent. True. 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 So the, uh, the, do we want to, are you going to go over uh, kind of the general kind of theme of what the scenes are, or do you want me to kind of just go? So the main focus of the show, like we said, was Frank Murphy and his family. Um, and so this is coming from Bill Burr's life. Um, and like I said before, Frank was uh, going to be a pilot, was in the war. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. And then once he got back and then um, finds out that his wife is pregnant, and so now he has to flip what he wants to do and now has to do things to provide for his family. Um, Frank yells a lot. A lot. In the show. Um, 
and there and he goes through a lot of ups and downs um mostly downs uh honestly yep um where he loses his job he can't really provide for his family then now his wife susan provides for the family and that you know takes a toll on him because then he feels emasculated because he can't yep. provide for his family which you know in the 80s 70s 80s facts was yeah. a thing, right? So you also have to look at this as like a timepiece too, right? It's not yep. just, um, it's not going to be like PC for the most part because no. you know he, they're trying to be a lot more. Um, they're trying to be a lot more in that time, and so that's what a lot of those things were. And so, yeah, um, I think a lot of people listening to the podcast, as we know, our, our demographic for the podcast is like. 23 24 to about 45 to 47 and so i feel like a lot of them a lot of us are going to be millennials in this uh so -hmm. since they are millennials some of our parents are this version of frank and then their parents for sure were frank um right so i think they're going to kind of understand many of them what this is for some of them it'll be like a historical timepiece our younger listeners uh i think that Frank 100% needed some some therapy and some love. Uh, someone this angry has got so much tumultuous shit going on, and they just keep mm-hmm. burying it and burying it, and they just keep drinking and drinking because that's all he does is drink. Right. Um, and, and that's it. It just never gets resolved. The alcohol or substance, the opiates back then, yeah, it doesn't solve anything. It just puts a Band-Aid on it. You know, you don't bleed out and die, but it's like a slow death. Right. And as we see, it affects the kids. Uh, I think hilariously you see in the very first scene, so not the Instagram reel, but the first scene, you see the mom just go, okay, honey, how was, talking to the kids, how was school? Uh, She just goes back to normal. Yeah. And that's what he kind of... Bill has always talked about how his mom would just be like, "Oh, he's um, he's in one of those moods today, so um, let's kind of get past it." Yeah, she's like the one saying, "Why would you park the car in here?" Because I thought today would be a good day, and you wouldn't need the punchy bag. Never fucking assume that it's gonna be a good day. Never assume. You I'm never like, assume that. That sounds so so fucking toxic. Uh, and she <laughs> seems like so cool. She's just vibing. She doesn't really yeah. seem phased by it. I'm like, that lady is strong as shit, but also, yeah. girl, leave his dumb ass. I mean, you know, shut the fuck up. I know. <laughs> no. <laughs> girl, leave. Yeah, let's break up this family. <laughs> but break it up. Take half his shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> half of nothing because he's broke. So. I know, true. God. Jesus, dude. <laughs> Fuck God. therapy. There's no punitive justice here. We're going straight for vengeance. God. Jesus. <laughs> You're like, you know what? Stop trying to work on this family. Just, no. just leave. Leave his ass. God. <laughs> uh, Bill. But, you know, and there. then, so kind of going along with that, Frank, uh, in the later seasons, we finally meet Frank's dad. Um, yes and uh he's a piece of work himself and so um he acts all nice to like his grandkids and everything like that but frank 
deep that he just knows he's like this is bullshit I yeah can smell it i can smell it um and then um uh, and then it finally comes out how um frank himself gets very emasculated or just you know verbally or even emotionally abused by his father 100 now he, it's like it's that trickle down theory it just keeps on going keeps on going um and so yeah and then you know and then they all go like my father was the worst no my father was the worst and then like oh you should have seen him my dad like stomped on my feet whenever i came into the room for no reason i remember like, that, yeah. what, the, what the so you know it's it's kind of like one of those things where um it's just generational trauma just keeps on going and going and going and then bill um in the show bill um hears overhears his dad calling him a pussy um and then that really messes with them and how he feels about his dad um so yeah just keeps on it's just a whole thing a mess and so we look back at the 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 podcast that we did in Encanto about intergenerational trauma and there's mm-hmm. also you know there's we're generational trauma so generational is passed down and passed down passed down intergenerational mm-hmm. means like there's just affecting everyone inside the family and it's passed down passed down passed down mm-hmm. so you've got so much stuff going on that we're going to get into here in a few seconds uh which yes. makes it very just interesting and i think we got some questions coming up um yes. good show it is comic relief it's also like super cringe yeah. it is super cringe um i think that the instagram reel is why we wanted to like really do this is super honest in it and he's like he's joking and stuff he's like so what's going on how'd you figure this out like you when you're getting toxic as shit he's like hey man you know i might have took some drugs and i thought about myself he said i consulted some people and I just like really thought about what's going on. And you know, I don't want to hurt others because of my childhood. I don't I don't want to go down that path. No one deserves that. This needs to stop with me. He has every excuse, and all of us have every excuse to keep being little shits. Mm-hmm. I'm straight up. You could be like, well, this is how it was done in my family. This is how we're gonna do it. I had the worst life. You could kind of like what Arnold was saying, Schwarzenegger in a previous spot. Woe is me. You can just play the victim, 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 or you could be like, no, I'm going to finally change. Um, I'm going to advocate for myself and others to do better. And I know it's going to be hard, but I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a worse thing in life to look back and realize that you became the villain in everyone's story. Mm-hmm. So you disliked how you grew up and then you became the that person? Gross. How horrible of a story is that? Is that you became your abuse you became the abuser. You became your abuser. And sadly you see it very often. You see it with verbal, emotional, mental abuse. You see it people with go through like sexual abuse too. Not everyone, but you'll see some of that repetitive behavior. Um And it just sucks. I have clients that have nightmares that have OCD fears about this, about becoming a monster because they were Mm -hmm. raised by a monster. And sometimes, you know, it's interesting to go back into the quote unquote monster and to see like, you know, who were they raised by? Because they didn't just come out of the womb, just a shitty ass person, like something happened to twist them. So uh, Spence, 
you got yeah. uh you got some questions over there yes so talking about frank's anger blowing up on his family uh how does this really affect the family dynamic overall doesn't at all everything's really fine and they need to just suck it up there you go yep move Moving on, on. <laughs> move on you little well i'm not gonna use it in a really bad language <laughs> um brother yes it can affect people in a bunch of different ways so i might end up tying in some other questions by accident here but okay. obviously if someone's just angry it's going to mess up the marriage yeah. so maybe maybe you can have some of that some of that angry sex stuff that some of y'all like but most of the time yeah that, that makeup sex but most of the time this is going to perseverate for a long time and it'll probably lead to domestic uh, abuse domestic assault one of you's probably mm -hmm. going to get charged with something and one of you's probably going to get kicked out of the house restraining order this is how kids get hurt this is how people die mm -hmm. with that level of volatility this is usually how something bad happens um and sadly it's going to be mostly men perpetrating that violence on women in th these older uh shows scenarios uh nowadays this shit everyone getting the business everyone beating everyone up now so yeah um so it can affect your relationship and your marriage uh it can affect the children if there is children so we see them in here um they could have anxiety depression uh hyper vigilant for a lot of different stuff they could be worried about safety uh so what we see with a lot of this stuff is they're walking on eggshells so he says, don't you ever fucking think that I'm going to be in a good mood? I'm like, Jesus. All right, bro. Um, you need a shot or you need therapy or you need a bullet because you are toxic. Sorry. Yeah, I went a little wild there. Yeah, um, a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, just redemption. kill yourself. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, please don't do that. Yeah, um, don't. So. Everyone's on eggshells. It looks like the mom is chilling and vibing. There's no way that she's chilling and vibing unless she's putting out a front to protect the children. Um, mm. But you see this dynamic in a lot of movies, in real life too, where someone will step up to take the brunt of the abuse. It's usually the mom or one of the one of the family members that takes the abuse, the beatings, the the assault. But sometimes the kids will do it. Sometimes you'll see the older or the youngest one take that assault or barrage. Mm. Um, so when you don't know what's coming through the door. That means that you do a bunch of stuff to prep. You'll maybe clean the house a little bit more, right? You'll make sure you say the right words. You won't bring bad news into the family. There's the one scene where she's like, oh, I was going to tell you before after dinner because she wants to like butter him up, uh, you right. know, so that way he's not as mad. That's going to create a shit ton of anxiety. That's going to create a lot of people pleasing. Um, it's probably going to create you into picking partners that are fixer uppers. Um it would probably lead into you accepting some abuse because you think that that's normal because that's what you grow up around. So like anything's better than that family member. So even a little bit of abuse is still better than the worst case of abuse. And if you got your dad telling you or mom telling you, I'm going to put you through a fucking wall. There is no wall. I'm going to build a wall and then I'm going to put you through it. Right. You're, you're probably going to think like, look at me. I'm, 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 I'm publicizing all of our podcasts today. You're going to think that you're kind of like Shrek, uh, where you believe that you are this piece of shit mm -hmm. because your person that's supposed to love you says that you're a piece of shit. So I must be. Mm -hmm. And so then that leads into you probably not even 
it could lead you into being one of the greatest superstars in the world. It could. But most likely it's going to lead to a lot of mental health issues, a lot of low self-worth, a lot of uh, pressure and anxiety. It could definitely lead into some later in life. You're going to break free of those shackles and you probably never talk to your parent again. Um, or you'll always be trying to make them happy. And then you'll see that the little depressed shit of a father here just can't be happy because he's so sad with himself. And so he can't really be happy for you. I got mm -hmm. some kids. I got a bunch of clients that are going through this stuff now. And uh, one specifically that doesn't matter what the kid does. The kid will always be indebted to the parent and like mm -hmm. extremely indebted financially. They need to send money back and all this stuff. And it's so horrible. And they will try to manipulate their kid as much as they want. And then they run into someone like me and we set up some legit boundaries. And then the kid contemplates, am I a piece of shit because what we're doing now is am I, am I a terrible person? If you're a terrible person just for standing up for yourself, what the fuck? I guess, I guess you are both going to hell. Uh, you can't allow someone to verbally harass you 24-7. That's not how this works. I don't care if they are your parents. That's not how this works. Um, and with this human, since they are doing good, they decided to go to college. The parent hated them for it because they left them. Mm. Wait a minute. Your kid's trying to do better to actually like bring some money to the family, and now you hate them for doing better, for educating themselves? That's one of the most toxic fucking things I've ever heard. The parent pretty much cuts them off. I'm like, okay. So it doesn't matter what you do, homegirl. Because you left their control and you aren't subservient to them, they're done with you. Um, and you will see that in some parents. So anytime you do better, it kind of hurts and it, and it tickles that insecurity inside them. And so it's hard for them to say you're doing good because that means that they didn't do good. But as me and Spencer were just talking about, you don't want your kids to be worse than you. Don't you want your kids to be better educated? Yeah. I mean, isn't that what you would think, right, Spencer? I'm sure your mom would agree with yeah. that. Oh, yeah. I think so. Um, and that's the thing. It's just so much. It, it, it's you could abuse, but it's also like really attachment, right? Because yes. I don't think they think that they can do like they maybe they just don't think like they can do anything else uh with their life except for being a parent or anything like that and so it's one of the fears um, you know that's one thing and then also um loneliness i mean a lot of people invest a lot in their ch a lot of time and care into their children and so um they think that once they leave like they're gone for good um and so they try to keep them there as much as possible it's like weird like munchausen syndrome or some shit like it's it's weird it's weird yeah, like that it can get right? weird the attachment stuff yeah so that's why i kind of think about it i mean my mom in some ways has gotten to that where it's like ah, i don't want you to leave at all so like where are you going what are you doing <laughs> where will you be tonight and i'm just like all right mom. <laughs> eight years old yeah. almost 30 calm it down yeah. Calm down a little bit. I'm just saving up for this money, man. I'm gone, girl. <laughs> I gotta go. Bye. Yep. So. Uh, interesting side quest we're gonna take real quick. I just watched this show. I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily. I don't want to do a pilot on it, but it's it's, it's pretty good. It's called Wildflower. It's on Hulu. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a true story. 
It's about a young woman's story arc and growing up with two parents that are intellectually disabled. The father mm-hmm. was neurotypical and then he got hit by a car and then, you know, brain damage. And so, mm-hmm. right, he's not that functional. And then the mom is definitely developmentally uh, disabled. Um, I had a vibe that intellectually disabled too. I had a vibe that maybe she was neurodivergent just because some of the behaviors. Um, but they end up having a kid together and they mm-hmm. cannot take care of the kid. Somehow they take care of the kid. Then this kid ends up being like a genius and she ends up taking care of the parents and like all throughout high school. And it's time to go to college now. She's like genius. She's mm-hmm. supposed to go to like UCLA and all these top schools. And she's like, I'm not. Mm-hmm. And the counselor's like, why? Cause I have to stay home. He's like, no, you don't. He's like, you don't understand. I have to stay home to take care of my family. They literally just got arrested the other day mm-hmm. um, because the mom had bought some alcohol for some like 12 year olds. And she, you know, she didn't know she didn't care. Right. Um, and the counselor's like, hey, they were fine before you, knucklehead. They mm-hmm. raised you when you were a baby. You weren't raising them. So mm-hmm. they'll be able to do it. Perfect moment in the car. They're driving in the truck at the end of the movie. She's like, dad, I'm not going. He's like, don't or don't you want me to stay? He's like, no. Mm-hmm. I, I had you, so you would be better than us. I left my mother to move and start this family with you. We moved into our van. Hmm. It's it's time for you to go and leave. And you can see how sad he was and how scared he was, but he wanted his daughter to have the dream that he had to raise his own family. He's like, you have to go. And I was like, fuck yeah, dad. Cause he could have stayed dependent. Like you just talked about and had the kids be there and like ownership. It's like, no, 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 no. You're going to do what I did. Me mm-hmm. and your mom will be okay. I'm not going to lie. They might not be okay. But he's like, hey, we lived in my van before. We'll figure it out. Um, so right. you take this Burl, Bill Burr individual, and if we're being honest, if I was to therapize him, I would say that his biggest fear is that people are going to leave him and mistreat him. But his mm-hmm. behavior is the reason why his kids will hate him and his wife will eventually leave him or hate mm-hmm. him. So he's literally making this nightmare come true based on all the trauma from his father. Mm-hmm. He's literally manifesting it into reality. And then that's when it would come the suicidality because now you've become the villain and you've lost right. everything and everyone. Just like you hate your dad, you don't talk to him. Now your kids hate you. I think that's when a lot of people are like, fuck, mm-hmm. I did it. Um, happens with me every once in a while. My mom or pops will come out some versions that I'm not the most fond of. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it sometimes is, 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 is the trickster in me too. I'm not talking about volatility. It's the trickster, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the slide, the slick willy, the little, little con, common, common. Yeah. yeah. So the lot of stuff that comes out I'm like, Hmm, I feel like Rumpelstiltskin and Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> Try to say, guess my name, then you can have your baby back. <laughs> yeah. Guess my name, you never will, because I got that rump. Um, and it's interesting. Uh, I think my short fuse on a few things is is very evident. Um, 
So if we're backtracking, mm-hmm. my mom was like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, you had to walk on eggshells around her. People would call her bipolar. She was not bipolar. Definitely had a lot of trauma and like a borderline personality um, disorder. And, you know, you had to be careful, man. What you said or what you did, you have to make sure things are in the right way. Because if she comes home in a weird attitude, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know, you don't know what's going to happen. And she would flip on a dime. It was intense sometimes. Uh, Pops? Pops never like that. Very predictable. Um, now, if you pissed him off, you know, then he, right, he's going to get, you, you're going to go full Sammy Z on you. Um, if you pissed him off where mom it didn't it didn't matter you'd just be sitting there vibing and then she would just change right it was terrifying um and everyone knew it and everyone was on guard and she ruined so many relationships and the reason why i bring this up is because she wanted love and connection but her behavior and attitude pushed everyone away and she became very alone at the end and people can if family members hear this People can say that she had a, a wonderful life, and she did, but there was a deep sadness that was always there as she tried to hide with alcohol. And anytime you tried to show her a little bit of love or kindness, she would tank or get angry. Um, she just couldn't handle the big emotions. She couldn't. She would deregulate like Frank. So Frank blows up. I mean, he goes ziggity fucking boom. Yeah. Uh, you know, brown families, we go ziggity boom, and then and then now it's time to you know fight. Violence comes out. There is yeah. no just this verbal abuse stuff. This to me, mm-hmm. sorry, but this to me is that is this soft stuff. Um, you get into these Mexican and black families, like right, you getting your ass beat, not whooped, beat. Yeah. Um, Spence, you made a joke, not a joke. You made a reference earlier, like where they were talking about their dads. My dad's the worst. This dad's the worst. And he used to step on my toes. I remember being on the bus when I was at Lansing Sexton and we were going, uh, yes, because I remember the dude, his name, his nickname was Bear. A little cool dude. He would talk so much shit, boy. Yeah. He had one, one part of his hair was waves. The other part was curls. Jesus. Hilarious. He got all the girls. Um, So we sit on a bus. And we were going to a game, and he was talking so much shit. He said, man, my mama whooped my ass so bad the other day. And we were just talking about stories about our moms whooping our asses. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even jokes. It was just literally... It was not jokes. No. We were just like, man, don't don't you go home today, boy. You're going to get your shit torn out of you. <laughs> and I tell people this joking, and like, specifically like white folks or white women. And they're like, oh, my God. That must have been That's so hard so for you. I was like, shit, it was fun as hell uh, talking about it on the bus. <laughs> Not <laughs> during the moment. Whooped, that was a whole other story. But, yeah, get, you know, the actually getting whoops was bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. When you get blood drawn multiple times, it is not good. Uh, when, no. Yeah. Yeah. No. Blood is not good. Uh, no. Or concussions. It, it wasn't a good time. Um, but, child CPS getting called. Not a good time. What would you say is the reason why? Um, people especially people of color um that may seem like abusive and things like that like the parents and stuff why do you think like that's more okay um, yeah why is it more prevalent so i'm not say? sure if you i'm not sure if you actually know the answer to this and you're doing a leading thing but there is some leading. some uh evidence to show that it actually originated there's a lot of good evidence shows that it originated back from slavery um mm-hmm. that you would if your kids were to mess up mm-hmm. and 
and and the leader of the house, the master of the house, right, the owner of the house was to find out, or maybe whatever the officer is in charge, they -hmm. would beat that kid so horrifically, or or maybe even sexual, sorry, trigger warning, sexually assault a kid, they -hmm. would probably almost kill the kid. And so family members began beating their kids. Mm Mm-hmm. That way they didn't have to go deal with, they would never mess up ever again because you just got beaten by me. I know you're never going to mess up again. And so it became like this passed down thing of right. a little bit more violence and volatile as a protection, not not because we like hurting people. Right. But we're so scared that you're going to do something to get in real trouble or you're going to go to school and get kicked out of school or you the police are going to get you. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to beat the living shit out of you to make sure I you will never do this again because you're going to be terrified that I've got belts waiting for you. Right. And I, I'm not going to lie, bro. I would mess up at school and I'm like, hey, man, I don't care what we do in school suspension. Right. I'm thinking in my head, like, well, we don't tell mom. <laughs> and they'd be like, well, we're going to have to call your mama. Oh, shit. Ugh. And I already knew, boy, I was waiting. I was waiting for it to come home because I knew it'd be a wrap. It's gonna be some lashes, mm-hmm. and it's out of old days, out of protection. Um, mm-hmm. And people may not know, but a lot of Latinos, um, a lot of Native Americans, uh, were actually in the slavery as well, and a lot of mm-hmm. them were murdered as well, right? And before slaves were coming over, so a long time ago, um, and like when they were, America was taken. Texas, which is technically Mexico at the time. Um, so you see a lot of this generational, intergenerational trauma, which is what we're talking about now. So I know I right. make fun of, like, we make fun of white folks a lot, people of color. Yeah. For be like, man, this ain't real abuse. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'll put you, you in a time out. There. there ain't nothing. Yeah. I take, I take the screaming. <laughs> I'll take the screaming all day. I, I'll go to my all room day. all day. Yeah. Shit. Go to your you, room. You can like slice a, a piece of sketch. Go to your room. <laughs> I, wait a minute you're saying i just go to my room and then that's my punishment and then whips out the loaf and he's just like well. oh my god <laughs> yeah no when you you go into your room and you know you better brace i uh yeah, so, i'm not gonna i'm gonna save one story go ahead ask your question yeah. well uh, since you've been on the other end of you know uh especially when you could say abuse um yep. physical um what are your thoughts on that? Like, what are your thoughts on, um, you know, doing that to kids and stuff? Would you do that to your kids? Not um, to that extent, but would you, you know, spanking and shit like that? Everyone's got a different opinion on this. Yeah. Um, I know one thing I would never do. Yeah. I would never do what Bill Bear's character would do in here. That emotional, violent, um, emotional Screaming abuse, verbal him. abuse. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, my father never did that to me. And he just had to look at me and that was it. No, that was totally. that was it. And I'm like, f- when you have someone that loves you so much and that saves you from this individual, right? Because I ran away from home. Pops right. didn't have a pot to piss in. It was 2001. I just jumped in his truck and went in. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you want to go? And he took off. And I remember mm-hmm. running into the car and I mm-hmm. fell and like fell on my bike and hurt, like damn near broke my rib and we took off. And right. that was it. I mean, that started our entire journey. And I, I never have regretted that. And we had mm-hmm. some horrific times, yeah. mentally, uh, f- uh, emotionally, uh, f- financially. Yeah, I never mm-hmm. regret any of it. Because um, I guarantee you, I would not have any of the stuff that I have right now. Uh, life, right. and I probably would be dead in prison. 
guarantee it. So I would never do any of the verbal abuse stuff. Now, some of the lashings, um, I can't say whether I would do it or not. I would never do to the extent what mom did or what other Mexican families go through. Um, but if a kid needs like a smack on the hand or something like that, or a little smack on the tush, right? A little, a little, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm not too against it. Um, there's a fine line for everything. Uh, I remember watching some of my nieces and nephews and they were just like causing a ruckus. I'm like, I was like, I'm about to shake this kid. And then like, then I get into college and I was like, you can kill people by shaking them. I was like, Oh my God. Whoops. <laughs> Did I almost kill my niece? Um, I remember I went back to Texas and I mm-hmm. told my, uh, my brother-in-law and my sister, I was like, yeah, so I might've shook your daughter when she was younger not a baby like but like she was younger he was that's like that's why she doesn't walk right oh. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah uh well thankfully she was like legit soccer player and she got into college so she's doing good there you <laughs> go. beautiful girl no limp here yeah no no limp here girl um, <laughs> but I remember in that moment, it's like, fuck, I'm going to be like, mom, um, mm-hmm. I do not advocate for any of the extreme violence. I don't, uh, verbal, uh, no. just to degrade someone and to tell them that you're going to hurt them in these certain ways. It just doesn't make sense. So I've been lucky enough to be a counselor in, in these schools and, and they teach you on how to like help children in therapy and mm-hmm. how to set an example. Like this is what good people do. Mm-hmm. We're good people, aren't we? We want to be good people. This is what good people do. And then you see the studies where the kids actually be like, oh, shit, I want to be a good person. Right. And if this is what good people do, they're like polite and kind and empathetic, then maybe this is what I should do. Because um, the kids are going to mimic and role model whatever they see. And I'm not going to lie, I, I mimicked a lot of things that I saw. Yeah. The amount of things that I did because I was watching it. A part of it's neurodivergent, but right, I would swear I was violent and volatile. I was aggressive. I would steal like no one else. Department stores, friends. I remember we were in second grade. And this is still all on story with the show because we're talking about intergenerational trauma. Yeah. I remember everyone was playing with Pokemon and I was stealing people's Pokemon while they were playing. I remember specifically the principal came and he said, Nazir's got it. And I said, Yeah, I'll show you my deck. I, and I was like terrified. I flipped the two cards over and then I just shuffled through it kind of quickly. And they're like, look, it's not even in the deck. You can't even see it. Oh my God. Uh, I remember riding my bike to the dollar store. Uh-huh. So the stealing of the cards was fifth grade, the Pokemon. The riding my bike to the dollar store was probably middle school, sixth, seventh grade. I would go to the dollar store. Steal a bunch of can uh, chips, a bunch of chips. Mm-hmm. I stole all types of chips, and they were in these like little can things, canisters, yeah, like and uh, cans, right? yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, but it was all types of chips, and I would sell them at school. Yeah. Back because I was watching family members, aunts, uncles, aunties, mom, right? They were stealing and selling, and so what did I do? I stole and sell. And people were like, "I was an entrepreneur." I was like, "I was an entrepreneur in fucking seventh grade." Chill the fuck out. Um, <laughs> Calm down there. All right, buddy. Yeah. Right. I was running schemes and games when you're, mm, let me be nice. When you were still, yeah. 
sucking up to your dad, getting your college paid for. Calm down uh, <laughs> with your game development. <laughs> Uh, you see i still i got a little bill burr in me too man i get a little volatile i'm a little toxic blow up a little bit yeah i'm a little toxic Uh, (laughs) i'm still millennial i still don't like so many gen z motherfuckers i know they ain't listening (laughs) so i can say that um i was talking to a client the other day homie and i said man i feel like i'm 50 I said, how old mm-hmm. are you, kids? She said, I'm like 27. I, shit, I thought you were 17. All of you are 17 in my eyes in my office. You're all a bunch of idiots. They all look like it, too. She's like, yes. you look like you're 15 years old. And you're like, I'm 25. The fuck? What? Jesus. Only three years younger than me? Yeah, Gross. were you in the HBO Euphoria? How old are you, like 40, Seriously. playing seven-year-olds? <laughs> Yeah, that's why I hate about Netflix too. I'm like, oh, this is a high school show. And I'm like, all of you are 30. Yeah, you can tell. Look at their eyes. Look at yeah. their eyes. Look no at matter how much makeup you put on, I know the bags under your how, eyes. How you got crow's feet, but you in you 16. This got raven's feet. Even bigger. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, you got full steroid face. I'm like, bro. <laughs> steroid face. Oh, fuck them up. You got Bill's pussy face. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, uh, so it's it's interesting this intergenerational trauma so I know I got a lot of toxic yeah. things in me which does make me scared about kids I know we've talked about Colin mm-hmm. and his parents weren't necessarily abusive but they had a lot of addiction issues that, which he's talked about mm-hmm. on the pod so it's free game alcoholism uh, right crack addiction right. all that stuff very poor and so he was worried about himself being a bad father uh, and mm-hmm. so it stopped with him mm-hmm his brother's mm-hmm. a good father as well with two kids. Uh, yeah. yeah, two kids. It doesn't have to continue. No. It doesn't. Um, I think that I was heading in a dangerous way, even with still my father. Um, and he would say something. He would say something very toxic to me. Um, he's like, you're just like her. He's like, you're just like your mother. Uh, and I'm like, don't you say that. He's like, you're just like her. That's that, that's that, that's that devil in you, boy. Uh, and I would get so mad and he gets mad still when I say, you're just like mine too. Like we, we know it hurts. Uh, mm-hmm. We're more, we're more reminiscent and more loving about Ma these days. But, um, I say that because you just don't want to be that person, but sometimes it's going to come out and then it's fine. Like Bill Burr said in that Instagram thing, I'm just trying to do better. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I'll, I'm going to have you ask the questions that we had after this, but, you know, I was I was still fighting during a lot of basketball things and just angry, and one boy showed me grace. I've talked about it in the pod, and it changed my life. Mm-hmm. It changed my life. I looked at myself, I'm like, I'm a piece of shit, man. I need to do better. And so I got therapy after that. Um. One of my boys posted something on Facebook. Yeah, PhD uh, and, and and something. He was a professor, him and his wife out at Texas Tech University or Texas A&M University in Texas. Uh, Chadwick uh, Galloway. Um, he said, it's okay. All of us were toxic in the villains in someone's story when we were younger. That doesn't mean that you have to keep being the villain. Mm-hmm. Work on your stuff. Be better than what you were yesterday. Everything will be okay. 
I think a lot of people think that because they used to be toxic and they want to like be defensive and like, no, do what Bill Burr said, be accountable for your actions and just start being better now. Did mm-hmm. I used to be a shithead? Yes. Do I somewhat believe that? Let's say I was religious and I'm more spiritual. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm going to hell. And I didn't think I was a good person. I said on the pod until my one of my best friend's mom said, like, thank you for protecting my son. I was like, oh, oh my God. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm a good person. Okay. Part of me also believes that maybe this is way out there, but I'm sure some neurodivergent people believe this. Part of me believes that if I do enough good deeds, then maybe it'll recover some of the parents' bad deeds, and then that will help them have like a, a better afterlife. Right. I know that sounds fucking weird as shit, and but I'm like, yeah, I mean, feel like I mean, if I can like give them a couple, you know, give them, yeah. be like, look at what I've done. This is because of them. Yeah. They can't be all bad if they help raise my crazy ass, right? I mean, hey, Jesus. <laughs> hey, Jesus, let me talk to you for a second, man. Hey, brother. Well, I know hey, you man. was, I know you was, uh, you know, Arab or Jewish. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, you my people. We all the same we're, people we're as Arabs. Nope, I'm about to, about to have a lot of Christians come on to yeah. this show. Oh, here we go. That's a damn lie. Uh, was what? I know, and then we're going to have some black folk too coming in. He was actually black. He was black as hell. <laughs> so we just offended everybody right now. We, motherfucker. We. Sorry. <laughs> They're coming after me. We. Well, I'm no, ready. He's Arab. He is so Arab. <laughs> yeah, I got my pitchfork ready. I learned no. it from Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what other questions did we have? I think we answered a few of them. You did. So you answered kind of like what was the, you know, how his wife reacts and what are the long-term effects. Answer that really. Did it. Um, uh, have you had any clients who've had similar experience to this and, uh, what was the treatment? So we kind of already talked about it with one, um, multiple clients with abuse we've talked about on other podcasts where they're terrified that they're going to become that person right and so the treatment plan is is looking at who they are today mm-hmm. Ooh, that was a good burp i'm sorry who are they today what are their morals values ethics what have they done in mm-hmm. the past versus what are they doing right now mm-hmm. um looking at some of the symptoms i try to lessen their anxiety lessen their ocd issues we work on their hypervigilance issues if there are some. Sometimes there's exposure therapy. A lot of the time it's like legit deep breathing, being very mindful, meditative, having good people around you. With a lot of my people, they got like shitty friends, bro. They got shitty friends, shitty partners, and they think that these things are acceptable. A lot of it is literally working on what we call the core ego strength. So for the folks on the podcast, it's working on the innards. So when the wind blows, the big bad wolf blows. Do you fall over and do you get angry or do you decompensate and start crying? Do you hate yourself when one small thing happens? So I build people up, build people up, build people up. Now they're strong. Their foundation is fucking rock solid. Like my dad tells me when he gets into his uh, sad boy vibes. He's like, I know you're good. Your foundation is good. I knew you were, I knew you were safe when you got your masters. I knew you were safe. He's like, now I've seen you do things I never could have imagined. So if I go, you're good. If I pass, you're good. Foundation is solid. My who I am, my identity is solid. Mm-hmm. Most of the clients that come to me, though, with a lot of these trauma issues, it's not solid. Okay. 
So we're affirming and we're validating. I, uh, the other day I told a human, I said, uh, you know, you, I don't understand. They said, well, what are you talking about? The person that sits in front of me, what are you talking about? You should be so much more fucked up than what you are. And they just start bawling their eyes out. The issues that you went through with your family, non-existent, dad, mom that's horrific, single child, right, doing your thing, and you're still kind and you're empathetic and you're giving people some grace, but you're also setting boundaries now and you're in a fucking PhD school at one of the best schools in America, legitimately. You should be so toxic. You should be accepting men that are horrible. That aren't even worth the, not even like nasty or mean or verbal, just like not good or maybe unattractive or, but your, 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 what's your, your bar. So it's high. It's not extremely high. Like it's just high. Like you know what you want and you're fighting for it. And so when it doesn't work out, you get devastated, which that's fine. You get devastated if it doesn't work out. But the fact that you're not accepting less than doesn't make sense in my brain. You should be more traumatized to put up with more shit. I think you're doing pretty good. And they're just sitting there crying. They're like, thank you. And I, I said, I'm doing my best to make sure you understand that this is a compliment. And I said, she loves new girl. And I said, you, you know, Nick Miller. She's like, I hate Nick. Okay. She likes Schmidt. She's a Schmitty girl. Red flag. Red flag. <laughs> she doesn't like the chaos of Nick. Uh, you know, she's got a lot of anxiety. And so Nick brings too much, you know, chaos. Um, you know, it's fun chaos, but it, you know, it's for someone like anxiety. They, 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 they like the Schmitz. It is. And it isn't right. Okay. We're like, I, I really want to get into this, but you know what? Keep on going. Keep on going. No. Okay. You got it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to lead you to this. And so I said, okay. you look at Nick, I think it's in like season one and Jess, I stole this, this, these lines from Jess from new mm-hmm. girl. He's fixing the plumbing. And he's banging it, and he's angry as shit. And then Jess, at the end of the show, she's like, I get it. I'm angry, too. If I had a dad like that, I'd be angry as shit. Mm-hmm. You should be so much more fucked up than what you are, Nick Miller. Mm-hmm. He's like, thanks, Jess. Yeah, help me go fucking fix this goddamn sink in the kitchen. <laughs> um, he's like, do you want to bang some stuff around? She's like, I want to bang some stuff around now. Um, because his dad's like an ad, an alcoholic addict. He's like a gambler. Con He's con yeah. man. He's kind of terrible. Um, and we see his mom wants him to like fix everything. And so Nick actually in the old days was a lawyer, a new girl and like super anxious OCD trying to help mm-hmm. out and support all the family. He's like that high functioning kid that tries to protect the family. Right. And then he ends up getting burned out, kind of hates himself because he realized he was only doing that because of his trauma. And then he became just a dude that enjoys life by just. Working at the bar. Trying to get a cell phone? Couldn't get a cell phone. I related to him so hard. I didn't have a cell phone for 10 years. Well, he didn't have no credit. Yeah. He had no credit. No credit at all. (laughs) No credit at all. I just didn't want it because I didn't want my mom to call me. So I didn't have a cell phone for 10 years. Um, I just had the tablet. And everyone made fun of me. And I was like, yeah, well, go fuck yourself. I saved like 70 bucks a month for 10 years. So, um. And I was still talking to girls in college. Hey, <laughs> hey, they all have Facebook. <laughs> side quest. I remember one time we went to, we went to Pizza Hut 
Yeah, me and my boy, little Mike, and he was, me and this girl were vibing. I'm like, damn, man, I ain't got no phone. You got a pencil? He's like, why the fuck would I have a pencil? What the fuck is a pencil? <laughs> so I can write down a number. What grade is it? <laughs> this was in college. Exactly. No one has pencils. <laughs> I know. And then I'm like, hey, girl, man, dude, text me on my on my Wi-Fi phone. <laughs> on my Wi-Fi. You my, my man's phone. phone, and then I'll get the message, and then I'll relay the message. To I him. might have said that. I just said yeah, it was super weird. Um, uh, to, long story short, it did not work out. Hey, you got? I got a number for a payphone. Yeah. <laughs> Dial one eight hundred ATT collect. I'll be there between ten and five. So I'm, I'm there for you, girl. Yeah, girl. Hello? I'll be there for thirty minutes at the payphone. Hello, hold up, crackhead Jimmy, trying to get the phone again. Jimmy, come on, man. <laughs> Jimmy, stop peeing on me. <laughs> um, but uh, I was actually touching on a subject there. A really good book for people to read in this type of situation is the Drama of the Gifted Child. If you look up that book, which is really recommended for growing up with a lot of different traumas, it'll give you a bunch of case studies, uh, Spence, of like how it can affect people that are really smart. They'll shut down. They get more anxious. They get more like, do they get like Schmidt? Do they get like Nick? Mm-hmm. Drama of the Gifted Child. And there's a couple other books out there as well. The Body Keeps the Scores, a bunch of other like, parents and trauma books that people should check out self-help books i will actually try to link those i think now that the podcast is starting to catch some fire i will start to put some of the pdf books i have in the link tree yes so i'll put those in the link tree soon um but i might put those under subscription status so people will have to pay for those um okay uh we get them money so it can affect people in many different ways, have many different clients. It's mostly building the ego strength, building up your identity, getting affirmed, validated, and letting go of some of the toxic tricks if you are doing them and starting to create better habits, better habits, loving yourself. I recommend a therapist. All the books in the world are awesome. Get a therapist to at least work through some of the shit. So mm-hmm. what else you got, boss? Uh, I think I think there's only maybe one more question. Yeah, and that was kind of going towards... Um you telling about the case study um, that you talked about in pre-production, if you want to get into that. Um, And then we can kind of flow off that. Okay. So I was in grad school. Yes. And they were teaching us how to work with clients with uh, severe trauma issues. And they're trying to get us to be better clinicians, more empathetic. And so they would give us these case studies about like, if something happened, to your child, what would you do? And like, of course, my masculine ass, I'm like, I'm gonna kill them. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm gonna do like Cain Velasquez. I mean, you know, someone assaulted his daughter or his niece, and then he like literally beat them to death and he was incarcerated for it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we would this like heavyweight champion of the world, one of the best heavyweight boxers in history or heavyweight, um, UFC fighters in history, Cain Velasquez. You can mm-hmm. Google that, it's pretty intense. Um, and I remember one dude, one kid specifically that sat in front of me. I said, man, you would beat that dude's ass if he touched your kid. He said, no, I wouldn't. I said, yeah, you would, man. He said, don't tell me what I'm going to do. You're not mm-hmm. me. You are you don't know my feelings and how I think. I was like, all right, bro, chill. You about to beat my ass now? Like, I'm bigger than the food chain. <laughs> you sit your little ass down now. You know what I'm saying? No, no, I'll slap that weight off you, boy. <laughs> Southern man, he's a yeah. southern man, yeah. 
Ouais. <laughs> Damn, do the rock to you. Um, and so I think I started to change my mind about violence then. One of my other boys got at me like, hey, man, you want to give your kids everything that you didn't have, right? And he said, they're going to have toys and a loving family, and they're going to have, like, quality time, and they're going to go to the best schools. And he's like, they're going to be privileged. And I said, yeah. So you're going to hate your kids for being privileged? And I was like, fuck you. Think. Yeah. Damn you, this. Patrick. His name was Patrick. Mm-hmm. Damn you, Patrick. Um and so then there was this other case study. So this was the big one. And I don't remember the full context, but they said, imagine you're working with a client or it's your child that was physically beat or in some cases, even worse, uh, more triggering things. I don't feel like saying, um, yeah. what would you do? And do you blame them? And do you hate them? And so I was like, yeah, if someone was to beat up my kids, like, or my daughter, or my son, right. I'm going to hate them. I'm going to want some like type of vengeance or punitive justice or them. Right. And they said, well, turns out you're the counselor now and you're listening to the young man that hurt this other kid. And then you realize that he's getting beat at the house. Mm-hmm. And this is what he sees and when he lives in his daily environment. And like, now who are you mad at? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm mad at the parents for like beating this kid because now this kid's right. beating my kid. Right. So the case study was like, okay, it was a bunch of stuff. And like, do they deserve like very harsh punitive justice? Like, yeah, they're pieces of shit. Then you dig further into their story and you interview them for therapy and family therapy. And then you find out that they also had a trauma history. Mm -hmm. So the question at the end of the day was, is who is at fault? Are all of them at fault? Or is it just one of them where it originated from? Right. Do you want to go all the way back to like, the descendants in slavery, like we talked about, the generational trauma and lashes that we've gotten as kids? Or do you want to just do the grandparents or the parents? And a lot of people picked it's all their fault. Some of them picked the or- origin ones. Um, mm-hmm. But then some people also just said it's the boy. He should know better. But then people were like, but he's young. How's he going to know better? He's just replicating. It's the parents that are older that should technically work on the trauma and not abuse the kid. So is it the grandparents? So I was landing on that. It was the parents' fault because they're Bill Burr's age. They know Mm -hmm. better. Yeah. Totally. It's hard to have a child be accountable because we we want children to be accountable for who they are. But at the same time, if they don't have the correct people around them, they're actually showing them the way. And how can you really judge that? Now, if their parents were perfect and they're still doing stuff like that. But that's, that's a different, a story. different story. That's yeah, yeah. That's, not, that's not what we're talking about. What we're seeing is a right. kid that's following, sorry to be nerdy, good soldiers follow orders. And they're following mm-hmm. directions and orders from their parents, right? This Star Wars type of theme, this Nazi-esque theme is you just follow orders. Right. And you parrot. And I parroted a lot of things. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm a kid. I'm a kid. I don't understand. I don't understand the pain that I'm causing. Right. Now, as you get into college, mm-hmm. people start to tell you, Spence, hey, man, what you went through is not normal. Yeah. I'm like, no, nah, man, we all talked about getting beat all the time, man. We got we got beat. It's fine. They're like, it's not, it's not good. It's not fine, really. Um... <laughs> yeah. Imagine me like trying to start up stories. I'm like, yeah, man, remember that one time I'm gonna beat my ass, man. And then they're like, why are you talking about this? Like, we, I just said, how's your day? What? 
<laughs> my little neurodivergent ass. Cake. We yeah. just love cake. And you're I remember like, my one time beat my ass because I ate the cake. <laughs> I ate the cake. The whole thing, Dave. Yeah. Might be well, shit too. Shit. He ate the whole damn cake. <laughs> All right, Shrek. Uh, <laughs> my cake. <laughs> Yeah, the little pigs ate it all in the, in the last one. Um, I, it sounds like me and you agree it's the parents. Uh, yeah. It sounds like the grandparents are too far gone. It's the parents that evolved. And they could, of course, correct it, but they didn't. I think that it's, it is the parents' fault, but at the same time, it's like after an incident happens, right? I think that's when... And the kid, or at least you try to get the kid some help or something like that. Then that's when I think kids should be accountable because you've tried. You've tried to write a little bit of wrong in yeah. there, right? And, of course, there's still kids and stuff. But um, if you got to tell somebody stop doing something multiple times, it's like there's such a deeper issue in there. Something's going and on so it's like, Right. And so I think in some cases i think the kids be blamed a little bit right i i i think you should like hold them accountable because you know what if you're trying to act like an adult then treat you like an adult right but you don't want that because you still want to be a child and stuff but um but yeah i think majority of the issues obviously comes from the parents so the parents um as you can see and we're going to put it back on the show and then we'll probably get out of here uh, Frank's oldest boy, right? He's got really low self-esteem and self-worth, man. And you can see yeah. him not trying in school. When your right. dad's berating you and calling you an idiot and assisting all this stuff, you're not going to want to try to do anything. Um, sure. You're going to be kind of depressed and sad. And yeah. it's just not a way to go. And so that kid shuts down. Other kids may parrot the parent. Other kids may, like I said, excel. You yeah. don't know how this intergenerational thing is going to work. And so for all of you listening, just be cautious. Think about your own family dynamics. If you're neurodivergent, that means doesn't mean you had to have been a victim of anything or oppressed, but definitely means that you have higher rates of abuse, um, verbal, mental, and physical abuse. Uh, just because people may not understand the ways that we operate and thus we're subjected to more like abusive like systems, um, you'll see that we have higher rates of PTSD. And we call CPTSD is complex PTSD, means there's multiple levels in it. Um and that means that you're probably going to be triggered and hypervigilant around a lot of humans and you'll, a lot of social anxiety, um, which is like super common, the social anxiety, uh, and it starts. So I want people to grant themselves some grace, continue like me and Spence always talk about on the podcast, find good people. Yeah. We just did a podcast on Shrek with Vicky. Find your donkey. Find your donkey. 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 Um, you just have to find your people, man. You have to be willing to push yourself. I don't care if it's internet friends and you're playing video games or you're watching anime together. Like you that shit. True. Because um, like when I was playing Halo, everyone was cool as shit. Nowadays, I feel like it's much more gross, but who knows? Yeah, uh, people talk a lot of shit on Madden. I play Madden online sometimes. They just talk mad shit. Is it? You know, like, yeah. Hey, we got to go on more like... questy games, more nerdier games. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, except um, for Call of Duty, because you just have little kids cursing at you. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, not the, not those games. But find your people. Um, I've pushed a lot of my clients recently that are socially anxious to make friends, and they hated me. They're like, "I'm not going to do this. This is so stupid. I'm not that type of nerd." I'm like, "Yeah, you are." 
So join this fucking knitting club like I talked to you about on Facebook. And they did. And then they had blast. And like all these women on here are super weird looking. I'm like, screen share with me. I'm like, they all look cool as hell. I'm like, I don't know what you like. Look at this one old one. I'm like, okay, there's one old one. The rest of them like look like you and they're gorgeous. So calm down. Calm don't, down. Don't be talking shit about Tabitha. You know that's her goddamn name. Tabitha. Hey, Tabby. Um, Tabby. And then I pushed a bunch of folks to join some book clubs. I said, book clubs are fun. Y'all drunk? Maybe some of you are high and you're just reading books. Every book club, people are drunk either on uh, they're either drinking whiskey or bourbon or, or they're drinking wine. So every book club, they, a book club, I have no idea. If anyone talks about a book club, they're drunk as hell. <laughs> I love my book club. I'm like, yeah, no yeah, because you're yeah, like, yeah. You, <laughs> it's the third book club today, girl. <laughs> Book clubs you in. There's no way you're reading all those books. You better not be buying them books. You better checking them out the damn library. I tell hey, you what. If you have if you have a partner who has a ton of books and goes to a lot of book clubs, they're probably drinking. They're an alcoholic. <laughs> Check on their liver because it's probably half dead. Yeah, we're fun. gonna we're gonna sign them up for a fake book club and it's just gonna be an intervention. <laughs> Extra drinks if you come by three. <laughs> giggity goo. <laughs> giggity giggity. Um, <laughs> but in all honesty, a lot of neurodivergent folks will escape through very creative arts and crafts and books. Uh, they escape into these fantasy worlds. So if you need to find friends like that, then find your communities. You can find them in college campuses, in cities. Find your people. Surround yourself with good, affirming, validating people. Uh, do your best to not always trauma bond. Slowly open up with some of those details and just have fun. And uh, if you need a therapist, get one. These don't have to be a reason why you ruin the rest of your life. You can start to fix these as soon as you want. But specifically, you need to start really working on these things in your 20s. You're probably in more control of things by your 20s. Start working on things. Maybe it took Bill Burr longer. It didn't take me until I was probably 26 to really start working on my shit. Hey man, hopefully I'll live another 60 years after that. So, I mean, where Ma chose not to work on it. And, you know, she passed away at like 60 something, 65. So, mm-hmm. um, work on your stuff. Uh, thank you, Bill Burr, yes, for Bill kind of putting shows out there like this, but also putting out the Instagram podcast where you want to be a better human. Yeah. And it's okay to admit that maybe you're a shitty human like I was, like other people I know. Does that mean you were a shitty person? Does that mean that you deserve to be like an internal damnation type of vibe? Like sometimes we do bad shit. We learn, we grow. And some of us, it takes longer. Uh, So if you have any cringe things in your life, homies, like we do. Yeah. Tons of them. Just start doing better today. 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 Fuck all that old stuff. Start doing better today. Um, After this podcast, just sit down, lay on the floor, do a couple deep breaths and be like, fuck. I'm starting today. I'm done, Spence. All right. Um, before we go, just want to say, Nick Miller, a lot more chill than fucking Schmidt. Let's be honest. Schmidt is like tight ass. Yep. Do one little thing. Voop. Nick Miller, chill as hell. Real Wrap chill. Him in a burrito. That's why I like him. Um, but you know, some of my some of my girls like Schmidt because he's that OCD clean cut. You know, fit body and all that. You know, Nick's like the he, Nick's technically the fat one in the show. Yeah, he's, like, he's fat. I'm like, this motherfucker weighs like one forty. Maybe. Yeah, I know. Yeah. There was that one season where he lost a lot of weight, and I was like, what's wrong with you? 
what, what's happening here? What's happening? What's happening? Uh, pull back. It's kind of like uh, Rob McKellen from uh, Always Sunny. Like he yeah. gained one season, he gained so much weight. So much weight. So it's I heard. Bad. Every morning he had the uh, the on on stage person give him a pint yeah. of ice cream every day, a pint of ice cream every day before he started the show, every day. That's crazy. Yep. And now he's like buff as shit. Yep. Like ridiculous. So, but he even posted like a thing on his socials about how it was like, oh yeah, all you have to do is just get a personal trainer. You know, he's being very sarcastic. Personal trainer, don't eat after like six o'clock. Um, only eat carbs, no sugar, or anything like that, and all that stuff. And so it was like, fair enough, fair enough, Rob. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all for today, folks. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, like we said before in the beginning, check out Bub's Naturals and Cure Hydration um, and use our code DSP20 to get 20% off your entire order. Um, they have great products, so go check them out and try it out. Why not, right? Um, and then also we have our merch. Um, go check that out. We have tons of great graphics, tons of great things. Um, order them because they're fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then also go check out our link tree, um, has all of our info as well as some self-help, um, resources in there. Um, so many things are in there, uh, go check them out. Um, and then if you do by chance, use any of our resources, please leave a tip, uh, since yes, since Nas put a lot of time into that. Uh, so yeah. Thank you very much, everybody. We are going to have more guests on in the coming months. So check us out as we get more guests on. We're getting popular, folks. We're getting popular. Jesus. I'm <laughs> dancing, folks. Sorry. Scare the shit out of yourself. I know. <laughs> All right. Jesus. <laughs> have a good one. I'm Spencer. That's not as this is a different spectrums podcast. Bye. Much love, people. And remember, take care of yourself. Or don't. That's up to you. Peace.